hello one, hello the other one to episode and welcome of podcast 34 rum doings. <laughs> You're not happy with that? <laughs> no, let's start again. <laughs> you don't want to do that? I'm happy. I'm, no, I refuse to start again. That's let's left, right. Let's begin again. Let's okay, let's start, let's start start again. Okay. Hello and welcome to podcast 34 rum doings. Hiya, everybody, and welcome to our show. Today on the show, we have a full panoply of excess and delight for you. The senses of all your bodies will be totally titillated by what we have to tell you today. Don't forget our special guest. No, please never do. <laughs> never forget that. Never forget that. People haven't allowed us to forget that. That They complained we had <laughs> far too many special guests. That's right. Shark jumping had gone... Beyond I argue that the purpose of this podcast should be to run, put as many sharks in a line as possible and see how many we can jump in one go. Yes, and see what happens if we land in the middle of the sharks and fail to jump That's them. That's true. And surely what happens next will be far more entertaining than if we merely avoid the sharks altogether. I think I've expressed my desires before, haven't I, to be chummed and fed to sharks after I die? Yes, you have. Yeah. Okay, well, we can arrange I that. really don't have that much interesting stuff in my life. And to record 34 of these, <laughs> and of course I'm going to repeat myself, I don't really have that much more left to say about anything. No, that's it, you've pretty, much, picked. You've, you've pretty much emptied the full oil sump of your soul, and there's nothing else there. <laughs> Every bird I can coat in that is now coated. Yes, exactly. You'll have now, to do something interesting. What are we not talking about this week? Um, this week we're not talking about whether CCTV cameras have made our high streets safe. <laughs> That's true. And drinking this week, we have... Um, more non-alcoholic more excess. Non- we're, just, we're so um, good mm. about this. This is called Black Cherry Wishniak. Racist. It's original Stewart's Fountain Classics. Rich black cherry taste. Rich. I wonder if it contains any black cherry at no, all. No, it'll taste of uh, a marzipan. And Can you guess the ingredients in order? Come on. Um, being American, it'll be... Uh, well, before that, obviously, you're going to have carbonated water. Yeah, so yeah. Be, what's but, next? But then, being American, it's going to be high fructose corn syrup. Correct. 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 <laughs> With a capital P. Yes. Um, and then natural and artificial flavour. Yes, good. Glad that they've managed to keep those two races in <laughs> harmony. Citric acid. Of course, to give it some bite. Sodium benzoate. To preserve it and to give you cancer. Indeed. And caramel colour red 40. Mm. And blue so, one. So although the bottle looks kind of like it cares for you, in fact, it's full yes. of rubbish. Absolutely. I bet crap. you in nineteen twenty-four they didn't put that stuff and in. And there's not one twenty-four printed on them. Hint of cherry in it. Well, natural and artificial flavors. By natural, they can mean. You think anything. if one of them were cherry, they would mention? They would probably that, mention you? cherry. It's caffeine-free though. Good, isn't that? Warning: contents under bottle pressure. Under pre- contents. Everyone. Blah blah blah. blah. Contents under pressure. Bottle may burst or cap may blow off, causing eye or other serious injury. I think we need to put on some <laughs> lab goggles. Lab goggles. Right, so let's put on the Point lab goggles. Point away from face and people, especially when are opening. Oh, you never, never, never look directly into the lid of a bottle of pop. <laughs> I've, I've never... You should never point a bottle of pop at somebody. <laughs> Don't do Even if it isn't loaded. <laughs> Even if it's not a loaded bottle. <laughs> As it says here, blow off. Blow off. <laughs> Which yeah, is much right. more amusing. <laughs> yes. So I'm gonna um, now I'm gonna talk about this for a moment. Yeah. Now what do you see? How do you see this lidded? What's the belidedment of this bottle? Well, it pretends rather like a mock Tudor house mm-hmm. that is an elderly and traditionally crafted entity. Yes. But in fact, it's modern. Oh, Nicholas, your telephone's ringing. Shall we see how long it rings off? Okay. Let's pretend it's not ringing. Okay, let's do that. Okay. So it's um. 
But no, tell me about the lid here. Well, as I said, it looks like an exquisitely crafted um, pop-top lid. Mm -hmm. Pop cap, as you would say in America. That's true. Whereas I bet you that underneath the ye old wooden (laughs) beams, there's a bit of PVC multi-layered nonsense going on. And indeed, if I turn it... There you go. <gasps> it's a screw cap. It's a screw cap. So like in all uh, American bottles, you can take the lid off without having to have another tool around. <laughs> yes. Although you could take it off as a pop-top, I'd imagine. Yes, of course. If you were stupid and wanted to deform the whole That's lid right. for no but reason. why whatsoever. can't we have those on our bottles in this country? Why do we have to require a tool to open because things? Because uh, traditionally you couldn't do that. I want a twist cap on everything, please. Okay. Now I'm going to pour some of this into your glass here. Let's see if we can get a good oog. doing well here that's it for me thank you you want to go you want to go easy on the aspartame well, it didn't have no, it doesn't. Did it? i wouldn't drink it if it did it's got that the problem is with anything that's flavored with cherries it's got that marzipan-y smell to it and i don't like marzipan do you want a little yeah. bit more no i don't i shall finish it off then no i don't would you like some mini no she wouldn't okay back again to say hello to us hi hi min so let's have a taste mm. well that's quite nice it is nice. It's not as yeah. marzipan as it could be. It's quite marzipan though. Not as marzipan as it could be. Mm. Um, so I'm prepared to allow it. Definitely. But it's not that cruel, bitter taste of... Um, of death. Of cherry-aid. No. No, indeed not. Well, I think that's probably the high-fructose corn syrup doing its that's magic. Right. Doing its magic there. It's interesting. In America, most things are sweetened with high-fructose corn syrup mm. rather than sugar mm. because um, it's cheap. Um, and it gives everything, for want of a better term, a corny flavour. Right. So um, when Passover comes along and you're not allowed to have corn, they have kosher for, for Passover, Coca-Cola, yeah. which is uh, sweetened with cane sugar. And, of course, you'll find even people who have nothing to do with Passover will buy crates of the stuff in America yeah. because of the cleaner flavor that it has. Yeah. So, um, although if they come to this country, generally we still use sugar to sweeten our, our drinks. We don't have a massive corn industry desperate to get rid of its crop. And That's right. Well, Penn and Teller were ranting a few weeks ago about how the government has forced this high fructose corn syrup. And it's dangerous stuff. It's why, it's why everybody in America is getting fat. It's one of the primary causes of it. It's so um, calorifically dense, more calorifically dense than um, sugar. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's it rather than fat is what's caused the major difference in the American weight over the last few years. Right. That basically high fructose corn syrup plus sedate life equals obesity crisis yep but don't worry as we run out of oil we won't be able to produce <coughs> any more high fructose corn syrup because it requires massive transport infrastructure and yep, lots of yep, fertilizer yep. and so on and of course the fact that we also run out of oil means people won't be able to be sedate anymore so the obesity crisis will be coming to an end There's very soon. There's plenty of oil being pumped out onto the south coast of America. What are they complaining <laughs> yes. about? They should just go there and collect it in exactly. buckets. <laughs> More than free oil. <laughs> BP are being lovely. We will we'll give you the oil for free. They're so altruistic, BP, <laughs> yes, aren't they? And then Mr. Obama's all like, whinge, 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 whinge. whinge. BP's trying to give us all this oil for free. Yep. You know, saying take as much as you want. We'll, 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 in fact, in fact, we'll just deliver it directly to you, your country's doorstep, and you, you can, can walk along, pick <laughs> up any pelican you like, ring it out, power yes, the car. Exactly. Yeah, these Fine. Awful people. Uh, it, it, it something does annoy me about this BP incident, though. Mm-hmm. The most important thing. Yeah. When you go to America, mm-hmm. usually you'll admit they're relatively ang- um, anglophilic. 
And they generally, they think, oh, you're so polite, even if you're not, but they generally assume that that's yes. because you've got the accent. Now, this bloody Tony Hayward, um, the uh, chief executive of BP, mm-hmm. who is this, this chirpy, char- cockney, awful chap, yeah. who's basically been the, the devil on television for the last few weeks. <laughs> He's really tarnished the British brand. Well, They're also very keen to call it British Petroleum. That's right. Although BP branded themselves the lower case. Oh, we're just BP now. Yeah, that's right. right. They're very keen to call it. And it's, it annoys me that he's, his oil has polluted both the ocean and the British cachet. Never be able to go there anymore and be it's, the instant. I disagree with this because Britons have always been. Oh, Nick! I think maybe. What if it's your wife stranded at the train station, your baby in her arms? No, she won't be. I think you should answer it on the podcast. Come on. Should I? Oh, I do have a missed call from her. There you go. Should I do that, really? wife? Should I do that? Yes, yeah. I think you'll have to. Listeners, he's he's answering Hello? the telephone. No, they're not home yet. No, not yet. Do you back relatively soon. I imagine she is, yes. My cats did have water, yes. <laughs> they did have trace, that's fine, yeah. <laughs> bye bye. No, it was my mum, not my <laughs> wife. It's <laughs> so very It can only be two people on the landline. <laughs> well, three. It can be spam, my mother or my wife. In my house, it's only two. It's, it's my sister or it's uh, spam. Right. <laughs> what about your so- parents? Um, I tend to call them. Oh, right. So they don't care about you? No, they are not interested in me or in my life. In fact, I, for- I forgot to call my dad uh, about something recently, so I'm in trouble for that. And, yeah, my mum is always worried that I'm going. she's going to be fussing too much if she calls. I'm very happy for her to call. You should. Um, but you her mum used to make she used to make her feel guilty when she didn't call or something. Oh, I stuff, see. So. No, you, you should always call your mum. Oh, I agree. I love talking, chatting to my mum. Not everyone else should call my mum. They should leave her alone. Everybody call John. should call mom. my mum. Tell her I said hi. <laughs> Tell her he didn't say hi. He said nothing. <laughs> then that's why well, he's feeling guilty about it. Um, so uh, everybody else will call on his behalf. That's true. What were we talking about before your phone so rudely interrupted? Tony Hayes, the oh, commissioning yes, editor of BBC to... on I'm Alan Partridge. I was going to say that um, Britons have always been baddies in American films. They have been. But... So he's just fulfilling the British baddie. Well, in a, in a sense he is. But, I mean, he's so awful. You know, sticks and stones might break my bones, but I'm a Brit, you know, I don't hurt me. Oh, shut up. Oh, horrible, dear. Horrible, corrupt little oik. Yes. You know, Good times. It, it, it's, it's sad that he's basically dragged this great country's name. That's right, we were Great Britain. No, you know what he's done? What? He's made the capital letters of GB go lowercase. That's <laughs> yes. what he's done. And a little swirl, a green swirl. That's around. right. Yeah. A little flower. A little flower. Do you think that this is going to cause people to worry more about fossil fuels and to start investing more in... Um, I hope so. ...in windmills and... Although I noticed that recently another wind farm in Britain has been, um, has been turned down because it's an I was, I was driving through some lovely regions of um, Bath recently, some of the outskirts of Bath, and there was a big sign in the field saying, help prevent a 35 million foot windmill being built here. And I, was, I wanted to go along across the... Prevent it. Well, what was there instead? A fe- some field. Right. Some grass. Which would have been massively emphasised. How beautiful. We said, we've talked before yeah. how beautiful they are, but we can say it again. That absolutely can. Everybody beautiful. needs to know. Yeah. People, people who object to wind farms really are just scum. I mean, really. My, my, my mum doesn't like you just call my mum scum. Yes. Yeah. But, but you, she is then. Mm. If she, mm-hmm. 
I mean, how can you... What, what do you do? You want the moon on a stick, do you? You want, Oil's going to run yeah, out. Yeah. Um, you probably don't like nuclear. You don't want uh, wind. What do you want exactly? Do you want to go back to living in the Middle Ages and making your house out of wattle and daub and dying at the age of 20? You I do. don't. I'm lying. Yeah, exactly. What does your mum want? She wants the moon on a stick. Right. Well, that would be quite dangerous. <laughs> quite expensive to arrange. <laughs> Waggle it around a bit until it crashes into the earth, killing all of humanity. Yes. The moon on a stick. That's what Do she wants. Do you remember where that came from? Yes, of course I can. Where? A fist of fun. Fist of fun, indeed. Did yeah. you like a fist of fun? Of course I did. At the time, I thought it was a bit student. Even though I was a student <laughs> at the time. Student. But I still thought it was too student. I thought, these old men pretending to be students... I do. I, reg- I regret the ghastliness of the sentence, but it is true. I did prefer the radio version, which yeah. of course wasn't called Fist of Fun. Fist of Fun on the radio was quite different. What was it called? Um, it was called the Lean Herring Radio One Show, I believe. Yeah. Um, and that was they would run a series of that on the radio. Then they would com- take the best sketches from that and put them onto the TV version. Well, what's interesting is how Herring was very flavour of the month at that time. He was yeah. on all sorts of things. He was the next big thing. But he's back there again, though, isn't he? Uh, but, then where, but where did it all go wrong? Was Jane Root really hated them, basically. Well, exactly, they've just had bad luck with Jane Root and being yeah. cancelled on Twimmeringer. Yeah. And do you know what it was like? I was just thinking, uh, when, uh, when Twimmeringer was cancelled, and of course, in tw- in tw- this morning with Richard Not Judy, when he said Twimmeringer, the audience would have to reply, Twimmeringer. Yes. And then he went on to do, um, uh, that was then, this is now on Radio 2, mm-hmm. when he said Twitotin, and the audience to go to Twitotin. Mm-hmm. And now he does as it occurs to me with A. Artema. A. Artema. Um... He got stuck, didn't he? He got stuck at the point where he, where he was cancelled. Yes. And he's, just, and he's still there, and he can't break free. He's like this, stuck in this, this repetitive loop. muttering. That's right, he has to do the same thing over and over and over again. He can't escape from that pattern. Yeah, even a part of the joke of saying it's the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. is, is part of that right. stuckness. And even, I, I reckon if he were to um, be recommissioned to do a new TV show, he would suddenly start advancing again and doing new ideas. Do you think so? Yeah, he's stuck until he gets back on the you, telly. You're being, no, let me on the telly. Yeah, but exactly. he, actually, does, thing, I, he yeah. actually means it. Of course he means it. Yeah. He yeah. can't stand his life of being just doing these things on the internet. He That's wants right. to be on the telly. And watching Stuart Lee get nominated for BAFTAs and recommissioned for his show. He was bitter about that, yes. Yeah, of course. I don't think Stuart Lee's that good. I've well, when so you before. go on to uh, have your famous TV career and I'm stuck doing crappy podcasts, I'll be furious. It'll be you. the other way around, surely. You'll, 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 you'll go on you'll be sitting yeah. on some sofa on television will you hate me yeah I will of course yeah. I will I'm, it's only natural I mean I'll resent, I'll resent you and the yeah. resent will turn into hate mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know you'll try and patronise me occasionally and say things like oh do you want to come to the awards room you can sit at my table yeah oh, screw you <laughs> and then you'll say um, I'll tell you what I'm doing this, this show you, you, want, you, could, you could be one of the supporting artists Maybe I'll let you have a catchphrase. You get you'll get <laughs> a speaking fee. Yeah, can we do that? And it's like, oh, screw you. Yeah. Well, it's actually quite funny because, of course, <laughs> Lee didn't even give Richard Herring that's true, the yeah. smallest part. Yeah, that's true. In here, he could have done, he could have been a gentleman about it and given him just mm-hmm. a, a little bit of a catchphrase or a small yeah. part in one of the sketches. Nothing. Nothing. At Not all. the smallest scintilla of a soup song of a role. <laughs> and I think that was nasty. I think Lee's probably a very unpleasant chap in real life. I don't know. You've met him. You've um, had a chat no, with him. I've you interviewed him. No, I've interviewed him on the telephone. Uh, you've not but I've not, him. I've not met him in real life. How did the interview go? It was really good. It was, it was a long time ago. It was about 12 years ago now. Mm. I was at university. I was the comedy editor of our university student newspaper. Comedy editor. They had a specific comedy I editor. I ran, I ran the comedy section. And what happened when you left? The comedy section probably closed down. Well, it pre-existed, so I don't know. Oh, right. Um, but I took over it from someone else. 
And you weren't meant to do a section editor in the first year, but I got to do it because no one else wanted to do the comedy section. Ah, that's very <laughs> so students, isn't it? But it was great. I got to go into the comedy. They had a, we were on the um, Avalon comedy tour. You know, the Avalon would book the guests for Monday nights. So I get to go and see all the gigs for free and I'd interview all the comics afterwards. So I met a whole bunch of comics, which is really good. Name one comic whom you met who's subsequently become famous. Oh, well, they're all, they're, most of them are already famous. But as I said, Brendan Burns has probably become the most famous. I interviewed. I haven't been drunk very often in my life, but I interviewed him while so drunk that I couldn't even write. Oh right. My notes the next morning were just wiggly squiggles. Did he mind? Uh, I think he probably did. Oh, I think right. it must have been awful for him. Unless he was drunk as well. I don't think he was. I think it was just a horrible experience for him. Um, awful person. I know. What a disgusting. Person. I know. He's only did it once ever, and I feel rubbish about it. I did it to Christopher Morris as well. You met Christopher Morris drunk as well. Off my face, I was on one bottle of Budweiser. You know what you're like. Oh yeah. Well, I met Milton Jones. He was very nice. Um, well, he's a Christian. I've subsequently possibly. learned that he's a Christian. He's, he's a Christian. So he's very kind. Like of course, you'd like him because he's a Christian. Um, who else was there? There's a whole bunch of comics who came, and there were some of them were very nice. Some of them. I yeah. met Mark and Lard. They came to do a gig. A shy horses. Bill gig. Hicks. Yeah, Bill Hicks was there, of course, a couple of years after he died. Yeah, he was um, good. That's really good. He's a good chat. Does um does Laura drink? Um, she likes a glass of wine. You know, just all, first thing in the morning. All ladies and a couple like, more at lunch. All ladies like a glass of wine. And she likes, you know, maybe a bottle of gin in the evening. Well, when you go out for lunch or dinner, yeah. does she actually, will she order a half a glass of wine or something? Yeah, yeah. You know, But you wouldn't have ever done that, would you? No, and I still don't. Exactly. How, how does one get into the thing where you actually feel like ordering wine? I think you have to pretend that you like wine. You have to pretend yeah, to, absolutely. and then eventually it becomes a habit. There is no one in the world who wouldn't prefer a glass of grape juice. No, we, we, we've, we've said this, yes, we've said this, but... Yeah. But so, do you think that eventually? I thought you were here just to check me from yeah. saying things I've already said. Do you think that's your primary role? Yeah. This do you podcast? think that at that stage it becomes a habit, and you just it feels wrong not to? Yeah, I think so. Maybe well, it's I like, like the pretty red glass thing. Next I like to my the taste meal. of I like the taste of a mug of coffee after my dinner more than I don't drink because I, I drink decaf. So I don't drink it for the, any need. But it's just once once I've eaten, my mouth goes time for coffee now. Right. So I, I wonder if it's the same thing as that. Your mouth goes, time for wine now, please. Yes. Even though you don't particularly like it. It's yeah, just, it's not that nice. It's, <laughs> no, it's much nicer to have, see. What would you prefer? Well, what we had today, the, that, that yeah, cherry, the cherry egg, the root beer nicer. was good. Yeah. That, that honey rum that we had last week Ooh, was Oh, I think a, a, a wine glass equivalent of it would probably be a bit dangerous. It would be dangerous and probably quite silly. You wouldn't want to drink a whole wine glass worth. It'd be interesting to try. We'll do that next time. Let's, let's do that next time on the next episode. We'll see whether we can, can, we, whether we can consume a whole yeah. bottle of the stuff. I think we should do some follow-up to my ketchup from many, week, many, many well, weeks ago. Well, I have to say that John does carry around ketchup yeah. with him. and we. Fact, I don't have my normal bag with me this week. No. I had to bring a bigger bag, so I had to put my ketchup in here. Oh, and in but fact, look, look how good this bag is. Look, it fits in here. And in fact, we went to lunch some weeks ago with yeah. Mr. Walker, and we used his bottle of ketchup in a pub when they were having a trouble bringing us ketchup. In fact, did it, was that when we ordered ketchup and it never ever came? Yes. Were you there for that one? Yes. yes. They asked, "Can we get you any sauces? Oh, some ketchup, please." Oh, no problem. We'll be right back. Never saw the man again. I want to give you an inverse. Yeah. Of what happened to you? Oh yeah. At Cheddar Gorge. Oh yeah. It was actually um, two nights ago. I was in. Um, Cambridgeshire at the data centre and mm-hmm. we went out to get some fish and chips uh, run by a um, very strict Chinese lady yep. and uh, at the end after our order I asked if I could have some ketchup mm-hmm. and so she put an unopened, bo- unopened big bottle of Heinz ketchup in, in the bag oh, right. I said you can have that one and that was it 
Did she not charge you for it? No, it was just like... <laughs> My goodness, that's fantastic. <laughs> so it's like the inverse, it's the, to balance out the universe. <laughs> this woman's giving bombs. And she's probably wondering why, why she, none of her food is actually coming out of any march. She <laughs> screws up unless, unless the Heinz have done some amazing promotion. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's brilliant. That sounds like the best juice. And where is that chip shop we should promote it? it? It's in Cambridgeshire near March. It's run by a very strict Chinese lady who gets very angry. Like I said, I don't know, we had three fish and chips and one whatever. I said, how much fish? I said, well, we said three fish and chips. How much fish? Three. How much chips? <laughs> three. That's why we said three fish and chips. Yes. And she was kind of quite, quite cross about that <laughs> we weren't playing by her strictly delineated rules. <laughs> so, but no, she did give a big bottle of ketchup unopened. That's fantastic. It wasn't this sort of happy eater ketchup. It was what is going on today? There's now a knock at your door. Fill, fill in. Okay, I'll fill in. You can, you can tell secrets about me while I'm away. I'll, I'll keep telling stories about my, um, my ketchup, which I've had to use my bottle so many times. It's been ridiculous. It's been brilliant. I feel a bit scared when Nick's not here. I feel like I'm talking to no one as he opens the door to what I assume is going to be his wife and daughter. Is it your wife and daughter, Nick? Yeah, we didn't need a lift. Hey, Victoria, you can be on the podcast. Ah, it's too late. It's too late. You've been on the podcast. And now the baby Judith is arriving. The only thing I could do is commentate at this point. I panic and don't know what to say. I just heard some noise come from the bottom. Can you smell anything? Is there... Oh, there is. She's got something chronic going on in there. (laughs) Crikey, I've got a lung full of that. (laughs) Wow, that smells amazing. So now we're all done. Her head smells sweaty. Does it? Yeah. Aww... Hello, Judy. Because she's such a fat baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're the father. <laughs> That's true, I'm the father. Victoria, who's on to us. <laughs> yes, producer, producer, fat baby. On to our secret affair. Yes, producer, fat baby. Um, so anyway, so you're, you, you have used the ketchup sauce. So many times I've used the ketchup. It's ridiculous. I see, excellent. So... <laughs> This is all falling. This is the best podcast we've maybe ever we done. Shouldn't, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we answer the phone on it. That's right, Judy. What do you have to say? Anything you've got to want to ask? Oh, I haven't seen her in three days. Hello. So sorry, everyone. Next time he's going to have a re- re- reunite with his long lost daughter. <laughs> yes, maybe she'll say something. Who did knows? Victoria leave for any particular thing you did wrong? No, she went to her brother's secret um, birthday party. Oh, a secret one. Did he ever get to find out about <laughs> no, it? Or was it like did. they had the party and then they never told him? He, he, yes, basically it was so secret. <laughs> In fact, he doesn't even know that was when he was born. <laughs> wow, that's, that's amazing. Se- that's how secret it was. I felt like Judy wants to say something, but she's just not. She just, she's out. sort of leaning into the microphone, thinking exactly. Now, does she give any form of verbal communication yet? She does, but she won't do it when we want her to. Oh, of course not. Yes, yeah, so... She's not a performing monkey. No, she's a performing ape. That's right. She doesn't have a tail, does she? <laughs> this is very distracting of a baby on the podcast. It is. I can't wait till she's old enough to join in. Hello, <laughs> yes. you're a cutie pie, aren't you? <laughs> this is so <laughs> uninteresting. Brilliant. Shall we not... Let's Everyone not listening, you might want to do something else Let's not release this one. No, I'm happy with this. This is great. It's, I not, want to it's talk awful. About, it's not awful. Shit. It's terrible, terrible <laughs> podcast. I do apologise, everybody. Don't bother listening to this one. Skip to the next yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. even though you're halfway through it, don't yeah. listen. Yeah. Don't listen to this anyway, one. Anyway, carry on. You, you're, you're to talk about... I want to ask you how you feel about my, my labelling things. Well, I've no, I, I think it's just one of your usual twee things. Is it just twee? That and Christianity. It's the same thing. He basically labels things with, with, with permanent marker. Like mm-hmm. he's labelled the microphone, microphone, he's labelled his laptop. laptop. And, mm-hmm. um, meh. Yes. You should see our kitchen right now. It's extraordinary. Everything's been labelled. Okay. Have your tea bags been labelled? No. So That's... you were wrong to say everything. I was been lying when I said everything. 
But I have labelled uh, the litter tray, the fridge, the freezer. The cat? Uh, not the freezer, I haven't done the freezer, because yeah, the freezer's a weighted companion freezer, I don't want to spoil that. Microwave. Have you labelled your cat? Well, I tried, but he won't stay still long enough. <laughs> right. Um, you know, so everything's got a label, coffee machine, the, the chip fryer, everything's got a label on it. And that way it makes it a lot easier not to muddle things up. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, you can tell which one's the toaster and which one's the microwave by the labels I've put on them. I find a real intrinsic pleasure in writing something very obvious on something. I can understand that. I yeah? mean, it's... Uh... It, there's a sort of semantic frisson that one gets when one yes. obviously. But have you ever tried to label something with something that it obviously isn't? No. Like try labelling the toaster a novel. <laughs> That's a good idea. And see what happens. See what I you're... feel like the danger. It's like do you remember the Harry Hill joke when he said many years ago? I don't know Harry Hill. Jokes. He said um, the other night I thought I saw a ghost, but it was in fact just a sheet. So what I've done to stop this happening is I'm writing a sheet on all my sheets. I used to write not a ghost, but then the pillow would fall over the knot back where you started. Uh, Harry Hill was problematic to me. Really? I I've heard him interviewed, and he Surely sounds you like, like a crotchety. Yes, he sounds like a crotchety man. Really. Do you think? <laughs> yes. yes. What do you reckon, Judy? I, I mean, I think that he basically is not a particularly good comedian, but he produces some interesting sketches. Very funny man. Well, tell me, tell me the genre of his jokes. What do you mean the genre of his jokes? Well, what sort of jokes does he do? I've not actually seen jokes him Jokes don't do... have genre labels. They do. I've not seen him do comedy. I've only seen oh, him he do does, TV. His stand-up... Um, I don't think he's done stand-up for a few years, but his stand-up previously has always been that he would start a whole volume, a whole series of different jokes, and then mm-hmm. come back to them constantly, so they'd just be kind of nonsense. Things like the thing I just said. And he'd say, donkey's stubborn, aren't they? Come on, in the oven. Um, <laughs> right. Here you go. He'd say, Mother, they, mothers, don't take baby in the bed. Don't take your baby in the bed, because you might roll over in the night on top of your baby, put your back out. Ooh, nasty. And then just carry on and just keep these random interjections and interludes all the way through and do that for an hour and a half. He's a funny man. Yeah, have you actually seen his stand-up? Yes, I've seen, like, I've got two or three of the videos. Oh, you've got them on video. Yeah, I've never seen them live. Literal video tapes. Yeah, video VHS tapes. What does VHS stand for? Video home system. Ah. Oh, oh, you thought, why is the sky blue? No, I knew you'd know. I knew you'd know. That's why I asked you. So what does DVD stand for? Digital video disc. No. Digital versatile. Via versatile disc, that's correct, yes. Yes. Well, I remember when they were just being invented. I was reading about them in magazines. It was very exciting. What was the first DVD you bought? Um, the first DVD I bought must have been Brazil. Oh, yeah. Because that was the first thing. I th- because, I mean, a lot of things you don't want to own. So you think, well, I'll watch that once, and then I'll never bother watching it again. You remember when you used to, watch, you used to buy DVDs oh. just because you thought, you know, oh, that's a, that's a film I want to own, and that's a film yeah. I want to own, that's a film I want to own. Oh, my goodness, that's a waste of time and money. I'm not going to watch that eight million times. Yeah, that's and, true. Uh, but initially there was, uh, certainly before one could get things in other ways... There was a real cachet in thinking, I can watch that film any time I want to now, and I'm not going to wear out the tape. Mm. Whereas now DVDs feel kind of old. Oh, they're so old clunky and, and clunky awful. And, you know, I remember the my fil- reels of Super 8 film feel less clunky. <laughs> less. <laughs> I remember going to America in the late, very late 90s, mm-hmm. um, and DVDs really hadn't kicked off here at all. In fact, I had a DVD player um, in my computer, and there was a shop that sold DVDs, and it had, I think, six DVDs. Right. Uh, one of which was Contact, which was the first one I ever bought, which is a fantastic oh, DVD. Yes. For, for Contact is a good film. And with the, the commentaries and stuff are, are superb. Yeah. Um, going to America, going to the Virgin Megastore in San Francisco, going up to the top floor where the videos are, except they weren't. The videos were in a small, embarrassed corner, while the entire floor was just selling DVDs. And then coming home and just not being able to find a DVD section in HMV. Yes. And it was just so bizarre that we were so far behind. And they seemed like the most fantastic, futuristic thing. Yes. And now, of course, they've nasty, clunky, <laughs> scratched, copyright, ruined, 
you can't start the film for about ten minutes. You have to <laughs> oh. sit through enforced trailers, yes. and then you have to wait for the menu screen to whir up and finish playing a stupid <laughs> yeah. tune and all the words spinning and, in from spinning. space. Oh god, that's, uh, it's oh. so. And but, then you finally are allowed to press play, and then if you, you accidentally press the button and you press the button mark home, and suddenly the whole thing whirs and clunks <laughs> yes. back to the beginning again. Disc menu. Oh no. <laughs> and then you start pressing play, and then it plays the first thirty seconds, and then it starts juddering, and then it freeze frames. <laughs> And then you have to go back to the menu. And the subtitles are on, even though you've got subtitles switched off. And there's nothing you can do to make the subtitles go away. Yes, I've had that occasionally. I don't know why sometimes the subtitles oh. decide to come on. Whereas if an AVI, you just press play. Yes. And it works. There you go. But, but then you are a criminal. An evil criminal. Yes, you are. You're committing Why genocide. can't they just distribute See, AVIs? you see I've got a baby on me at the moment. Yes. Distributing AVIs, I take them back and snap it off. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> that's the same as watching an AVI I'm glad that she's contributing about as much useful semantic information as we are in this particular <laughs> podcast you? she's waving her arms up and down in a way that's far more interesting than anything that we're actually saying yes she is and now she's stuffing her right. yay she spoke on the podcast <laughs> exactly that's all so, we wanted so, so there we are um, Judy, what do you think of this week? What was this week's topic? <laughs> C- 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 so CCTV CCTV, we're not allowed to talk about it Judy? Be a very clever girl and don't talk about it. Amazing. She's you see she's, she's so astonishing. That's isn't remarkable. You know, you know, I think she's so advanced for her age. I really think she is. How old is she? How many months? Um, she is seven and a half months. Now. Seven and a half, very specific. Yes, nearly eight. Ooh, you're nearly eight months now. That means, look what she can do. We install gyroscopes, mm-hmm. which means that she can... She can sit. I've seen this for about a month she now. She can sit. Well, yeah. she's been doing it since five and a half, but she can yeah. sit without falling backwards. It's amazing what technology can do. That's these Stabilising systems. Yeah, it's good. Are astonishing. And she's got one of those warning systems where she gets too close to falling over backwards. She beeps. <laughs> yes, you just heard her beeping there. That's true. <laughs> oh, this, that is a f- nappy full of, uh, of pudding. Special pudding for mummy. Take, take. It's just lemonade. Take the... No, it isn't. It's the, not. I took a whiff of that. It's still inside my As lungs. I was carrying her to the microphone, there was a, a, a pudding delivery. Take her upstairs <laughs> and change her. Take her upstairs and change her, woman. Now. <laughs> and, and close the door behind you, why don't you? Of the studio. I can't believe she just burst into our studio like that. She's so rude. It's like on that... Um, it's like when Anna Ford, remember the lesbians, burst into Anna Ford's studio. Oh, yes, that's right. That's <laughs> yes. what that was like. The incident was just like that. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, some people seem to have come into the studio. Security has now removed them. Anyway, where, where were we? Where were we? Oh, yes, the obsolescence of DVDs. Have you gone to Blu-ray? No, I have not. Will you be going to Blu-ray? No, I shall not. Surely you want a nice silver disc to play your AVIs. That's true. That's much better. You want a I nice... Want, here's what I want. I want to be able to go to the manufacturer, the, the, the whoever, the production company that made the film... And click the button on the website that says pay however much they want to charge me, and then download the you know the seven hundred meg seven hundred fifty megabyte file and mm. watch the DVD. And if they want to put a thing and it makes it explode after five days, then I'll hate them for it. But just let me do that rather than or if you plastic. If, they, if, if they insist on plastic, at least deliver it on a USB stick or something like yes. that. Now. you know, not on something that spins. Not, not something that spins round and round. Not enforced trailers. I just don't understand this. This. This punishment mentality. Yeah, you're punished for watching it legally. That's right. Well, of course, it's illegal. It's, it's, then it's you can strip cl- all that it's stuff. It's a cliche to point this out, but it's like DRM and video games and all this stuff. It only punishes the legitimate customer. 
and legitimate customer deserves to be punished for being so stupid. That's right. Full price. You, you paid idiot. full price. Oh, we're going to make your life hell until you learn not to. That's right. <laughs> so Ubisoft uh, have a DRM now. Have you told you about this? Um, you eventually that where they have to stay online yeah, all the time. Always you, online yeah, all the time. And if you happen to blip, then God help if you. you. If your internet connection literally just blips, then it'll drop you out of the game, and oh, it may not have saved where you got to. Oh, excellent. Depending on the game. Yeah, but I, I I hope that there are modifications that you can get if you don't do it legally, so that you can oh, bypass there, some there, of that. Oh, there are. Uh, it took them a little bit longer than everyone was expecting. The the first pirated version, which came out the next day after the first game was released, hmm. had a few issues in running. Well, I'm sure it's been sorted since then. Uh, but now apparently they're now working absolutely fine. Good. Which is a horrendous shame because I, I I would rather people were you know paid for their video games. Well, yeah, but paying is obviously stupid because you have a horrible experience. Well, exactly. <laughs> and well, so the, they, they're basically teaching you not to pay. I would, Don't be so stupid as to pay. Your experience will be disastrous. At this point, I would prefer people just ignore Ubisoft games, really. Well, that's very easy. I don't know why people don't yeah. use the boycott more. I mean, you, yes, can, you, can, you can live without so, playing... Well, I've, been, your... I've been looking forward to, it, to playing Assassin's Creed 2 slash well, Splinter Cell. Well, I'm sure you can look forward to something else exactly, and play exactly. that instead. There's plenty exactly. out there. It's not like your You're life in is... an embarrassment of riches to yeah, choose absolutely. from. Just ignore that tiny little gem in the pile of other mm-hmm. gems and... Um, then maybe the gemologist will learn to, <laughs> well, exactly. to, to, to cut it better next time. You would think so. Um, and it's really nice. Some of the, some companies are doing really interesting ideas. There was a fantastic thing a, a couple of months back now um, where, uh, called the, the Humble Indie Bundle, mm. where a bunch of indie developers, I think it was six or seven of them, um, mm. all got together, organised by this, other, this, this one company, um, and released their games completely DRM-free for pay what you want. So mm-hmm. you could get all six, seven games for a for a cent if you chose to pay it mm-hmm. and the average price paid uh, on Windows was around $10 mm-hmm. on Mac around 12 and on Linux around 15 yes and this, which... well yes I think that tells the story <laughs> but it? isn't it but even on Windows it was yes. it was 10 no, which is fine and you could have had it for a cent which is that's very reasonable and that means a lot of people yeah. would have paid a lot more of course of co- absolutely and, so, and people started paying comedy amounts one, one person paid $1,337 <laughs> right um, and you know people were just doing geek joke amounts of money well, I think that that's always a nicer way to do things. And whilst at the moment it's a gimmick and it feels naughty to do it, I suspect that a lot more of the market should go that way. Because that's the true sense of the market. The market is you charge what the market will bear. Yeah. And there's no better way of telling what the market will bear than allowing the market to choose what Absolutely. it will bear. Um, now, if, if, if everybody suddenly just started paying a penny, then eventually you say, well, we're not going to produce any more of these. Mm-hmm. So you're going to start paying some more. So eventually people will realise and they'll, they'll get to the sweet point where... They're giving enough that they know that the stuff keeps coming, but they're not giving so much that they feel that they're being ripped off. Yeah. So that's a wonderful free market story. And you could choose... Literally free market. See, people think when they... It's just when we're talking about it, they think, oh, it's evil communist socialism. But no, <laughs> you know, when one talks about a world that isn't fettered by state monopoly rights mm-hmm. like uh, copyright in the way that it currently is and isn't fettered by the notion of setting up protectionism like DRM and region encoding... Yeah. One's actually arguing for a very libertarian free market mm-hmm. philosophy there. You're saying, allow the market not to have these weird roadblocks in all the time. Allow yeah. the market to work itself out. Some people will lose, others will win. And that's the game that's supposed to be being played. you have this dilemma. If you're a game producer, say you're an independent developer, and mm. you charge $20 for your game, 
mm. or your product, maybe it's, a, maybe it's an application, your product, mm-hmm. whatever it might be, if you charge $20, mm-hmm. then you are going to catch all the people who are willing to pay $20 for your game. Yes. You're going to miss all the people who were willing to pay $15, which mm. could be you know, hundreds of thousands exactly. of people. And you're going to massively miss all the people who are willing to pay $25, $30, or $100 well, exactly. for the same product. And, you, uh, and that's a dangerous thing to do, because also, effectively, what you're doing is you're telling a large portion of people, um, go out and copy this game. Uh, right. Don't, don't, don't bother, because yeah. we, we decided you're going to be paying £25. Pounds. Mm-hmm. So effectively, you have to choose, do I want somebody else to give us 20 pence or zero pence? Yeah, absolutely. People, yeah. And this is always the fallacy of the discussion, isn't it? They say, we have lost £8 trillion billion <laughs> yeah, worth right, in sales. Yes. No, they're yeah. not sales. Because the word of sales suggests that you would have otherwise sold it to these people. Absolutely. Most people wouldn't have bought it. However, if you give them the option of paying 20p for it and getting an easy download, mm-hmm. then these people might pay 20p for it. There's what, like, there How was... dare you pay 20p? Well, that's 20p you would never, never have had. ever seen in your life. Yeah. Multiply that by, say, 500,000 people, and that's a nice chunk of change for you to have. So... There's, there's one, there's one game company, company's actually done... Because the one thing no one ever does any research into is, is are they lost sales? Yeah. And one company called Stardock did, and they found out from their study, um, which is an imperfect study, but at least they mm. tried, uh, one in a thousand pirated copies was equal to a sale. Yes. So of every thousand downloaded copies, only one of them would have cost, yes. them, has cost them any money. Indeed. And the problem with that is it, it, it understates the problem because in forcing people to pay a particular price, how many sales have they lost... You see, mm-hmm. it's not just that um, one it, 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 people illegally share the game. They're one in a thousand might have paid the price they were asking. But what if it were very easy to download, had no DRM, and you could feel involved and basically paid a price that you thought it was worth? Yeah. How much more would they have made in that point? Oh, yeah. How many more people who hadn't paid for it would have. So it, it, the, the, stats, the stats are even more mixed, because when, when that balances out, you'll probably find that there's a, there's a kind of a... It's, it's almost a net negative that they're charging the full yeah. price for it in the first place. I would bet you that people would make more money over... No, maybe not initially, but over the long term, if they had more fluid pricing structures, it would also mean, as I said, people would feel much more like they had a stake in it. They would mm-hmm. feel that... Actually, we are genuinely funding the next version of the game because I know I can give almost nothing or I can give something generous. I know if I give something generous, it's more likely that yep. the next version of the game oh, will yeah, be used. Whereas if you're paying £25 because that's what they've told you, they well, how much of that is the marketing budget? How mm-hmm. much of that is to pay the, uh, some artist to produce the, the front cover? How much, uh, how much of that is to pay for the coke habit of yeah. the uh, MD? And that kind of thing. So... Whereas if you name your own price, even if you then say, well, I'm going to pay you £23, you feel, well, I've decided that I have a stake in that proportion of the product. Yeah, yeah. And you know, if everybody ends up only paying £10 for it, then you maybe will have to scale back your ambitions and mm-hmm. say, well, actually, this is, you've spoken next time, we can't produce well, that number of levels in the game. We're going to have to have yeah. fewer levels, and then maybe the next version, you, you, maybe you prefer to pay £10 for a slightly smaller game, yeah. at least more frequently. It's that, it's that kind of creativity that people need to have, rather than just be scared, saying, oh, we need to put more DRM on our things, because... Yeah. Oh, of course. Because, and the problem with DRM, of course, is that I think it's a very interestingly profitable business itself. Yes. You know, the DRM salesmen are very keen to sell their software, and they certainly, their DRM software is never pirated. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Um, Now, 
the, the Humble MD bundle had some interesting results, of course. It, um, it ran for just over a week mm-hmm. uh, for Pay What You Want. Every game in it was a year old minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, so none of these were brand new games. So people could have had a year to buy already. Mm-hmm. And including things like World of Goo that has already been, re- re- already been released as Pay What You Want. It was originally released for $20. And then they released it on its first birthday for Pay What You Want. And added, if you, da- if you pirated it and want to pay now, mm-hmm. you can just donate. I wonder um, if anybody did. A great deal. A huge number did. Okay. Um, and uh, that, so the, this, bear in mind these are games that have been released and paid for in, in the past mm. and just over a week each company involved and bearing in mind these are indie teams one or two people some of them mm. made $150,000 each mm, and two charities made around $300,000 each oh, as nice. a result of this well, they must it's, have been surprised by absolutely, absolutely extraordinary well, see I wouldn't be surprised about that but a lot of people yes, are because they've had 100 years worth of being told and do you know how this was reported by most sites um, I imagine it's a, a disastrous failure. An absolute disastrous failure because the piracy rate was so very high. People were, no, the number of people who were paying one cent was so incredibly high, and therefore it had been a disaster, despite the average amounts being ten dollars. Yeah, and the fact that that's one cent that would normally be naught cents. Exactly. Would <laughs> right. be and um, but oh, the, the problem was people were people were pirating from the site that was distributing it, and so the guy who was distributing it made a statement saying, "If you're going to pirate it, can you please use BitTorrent and not mm. waste my bandwidth?" And yeah. that's what got reported. Which is a very mature thing for him to have said. Yes. Stop wasting my bandwidth with your piracy. Yes. That's ridiculous. Yes. Um, pay for it if you're getting it for me. If not, yes. pirate it from elsewhere. Um, and everyone went, oh, piracy, it's all terrible. Piracy, piracy is dominated. And people weren't saying, oh my goodness, this is extraordinary. Well, for an these, these people, can hands, you imagine yeah. a couple of men who just make these games in their spare time or yeah. whatever, making $150,000 in a week? Like that's, a big... a, that's a massive life-changing oh, amount of money. You made $400, what a disaster. You made $400, last, 400 pounds last week, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> what, that... a, what a massive disaster in their lives. Gosh, I, I'd love that disaster. <laughs> it's extraordinary. Oh, look at all those criminals. <laughs> yeah, but it's John, John they, yeah. all the loss sales, they could have made a trillion pounds in a week. That's true. If all those pirated copies, if everyone who pirated paid them a million pounds. <laughs> they made a trillion. Yes. Yeah. I was uh, thinking about uh, this. And, uh, and the British Software Association, because that's basically the <laughs> maths and logic they use. I was thinking about this today. Um, I was thinking if all of our listeners mm. gave us a million pounds each yeah, for this podcast, we'd have a million pounds we'd each. We'd have at least a million pounds yes. to spend. Sure, I was thinking, I was thinking Actually, all the people who pirate this podcast yes. think of the lost sales we have. That's true. Yes, what's what's the normal the normal download rate for our podcast? We usually charge how much? Three pounds thirteen ninety nine, isn't it? Well, I thought it was, it was it was three pounds twenty, but I think that just gets you the intro, doesn't it? That's true. Yes, thirteen ninety nine. So multiply that by the number of people who downloaded who don't pay us thirteen ninety nine. Yeah. And you know we you can imagine how rich we would be. We would be very rich. I think I'm going to sue all our listeners. <laughs> Good idea. I'm going to say we know who they all are because we track that, don't yes, we? Yes, we, we, Impo- we impossibly track that information. We track all our users. That's right. And um, you bribed be, iTunes, and they tell us all the you, details. You'll be visited by the FBI very soon. That's correct. And knock down your door <laughs> <laughs> and, and take. Your thirteen pounds ninety nine pence. There, there was a gentleman from the, I think it was the British Phone, Phonographic Association. It may have been that, or some similar crook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he joined, and he, I think he was an American who'd come to visit. No, he was, I think, an American who'd come to visit the UK. And he said, um, "It's a great pity that you abolished the death penalty, you know, because that's where I'd like pirates to go. And I suppose at least you put them in prison." <laughs> and it was like you could see he was sort of a joke, but actually he was thinking. Mm. Mm. Hmm. 
Okay. I remember doing that. Do you remember that feature I did for PC Format quite a few years ago, in which I'd written an article that I, I discovered. I did some investigative journalism of mm-hmm. my very own, and I discovered that um, the the BPI were lying about their um, sales. <laughs> they were lying. Sales, I know. They, they, as we said before, they're the only industry in the world that boasts their losses yes. and, and hides their success. Well, like, like this uh, year, they had some of the most profitable single right. sales ever, ever. <laughs> and there was kind of a tiny little article in the BBC. Right. So, and then even at the bottom, but piracy is. What, you've just made more money than you've ever made Singles, before. which, by the way, were dying out which and were, were causing the doom of the, of the Ooh, music albums, industry. Albums, oh, yes. now, now they're crying about their albums. You know, well, they, they'll, they'll point, don't look at all the money that's pouring in that way. Look at the, yeah. look at, look at all the trickling, look at all the orphans, the orphans, look at the orphan. <laughs> look in the eye, look in the orphan's eyes. No, don't look at all the cat, no, the orphan, <laughs> he's very, very impoverished. We can only give him half a bottle of gruel. <laughs> so, so back then, uh, in the, I guess it would be like 99, I reckon, um, what were they lying about then? They were they had announced that album sales had dropped significantly. Right. And I went into the numbers and had a quick look because this seemed really unlikely to me. Mm. And this was that Napster was at its peak at this yeah. point. Um, and uh, I looked and they what they'd done they they'd, they'd augmented the album sales by including vinyl and cassette sales <laughs> right. to create an overall drop. You mean there was a cassette drop? <laughs> I drop know, cassette, cassette sales, cassette albums that dropped. Good heavens, I no. remo- that remo- must be piracy. <laughs> remove cassette and, and vinyl sales from the numbers and CD album sales have gone up a signi- uh, uh, gone up right. more than they had, I think they ever had before. Right. So they're obfuscating their results. Well, they still design. do that today. As they um, were, as so they I wrote an design. article about this in, in, in PC format, proving this, doing you know, graphs and everything, yeah. proving it. And each time there was a peak of a file sharing program, like Napster or um, I forget what the other, what the following ones were called. Mm. Each time a various P2P program would peak, yeah. so would album sales. And when they cut one off, they would drop back down again. Yes. So there seemed to be a genuine correlation yes. between the, uh, file sharing and album sales, which of course has been demonstrated over and over and over yes, again many times since. Yes. But I was kind of I was a, a bit ahead of the game, and this yeah. is quite fun. So someone from one of the um, Video, one of the DRM producing companies was very angry and decided to take me out for dinner yes. um, to punish me for this. Yes. And the editor came too and um, to look after me. And it was it was quite funny because he clearly knew absolutely nothing about his subject. And I it was think a bit I remember of a disaster. that. Yes. And so we ended up writing a series of articles where I would email him and he would email back. Mm. I we, don't. I think I gave you some questions. Absolutely no. You, you you helped me along in the yeah. email exchange. Mm. Um, and the, and everything he's every answer, no matter what we said to him, he would come back with yes. But you wouldn't steal a pair of shoes, would you? Do you remember we went through we went through explicitly explaining the difference between software and shoes. <laughs> yes. And he literally him, came no back going, yeah. But you wouldn't steal a pair of shoes, would you? There was no arguing with no, this guy. That, that's all he would come back with. That's you wouldn't steal. Actually, you know what? I would steal a pair of trainers. Now change the subject. <laughs> right. You wouldn't murder a baby in its sleep. You wouldn't murder a baby in its sleep, so why would you share some music? Hmm? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, he's got you there. Yeah, he does. So when the article was finally printed in busy format, um, the, I had to go into the photo studio for a photo shoot. And um, I was told what we do is we have each, our faces either end of this double page spread in the magazine with our fists up like we were getting ready for a fight. So there's this photo of me snarling with my fists up with a snarl on my face. Yeah, and then the picture tried. of him is him looking all sweet and innocent and backing away. <laughs> he refused to do the fist thing. Uh, so it just looks like me re- really meanly attacking this poor innocent this man. This poor innocent in DRMPR man. That's right. <laughs> it's hilarious. You evil. But he didn't come across. And when editing that, I was as generous to him as I possibly could just for a good reading while than anything yes but it was, was very hard to give him well, any well what what surprised me at the time was how thick he was he was it was very disappointing very though. unintentional because you think yeah. at least at least the he wasn't there, he at no least there should be some wiliness about these people there should be some rhetorical uh, flourishes that mm-hmm. kind of um 
stump you for just a while until you realise the trick that they're playing. Yes, that's right. Whereas there was, and I was like, oh, you wouldn't steal a shoe. Steal no. A pen, no, no, can we not talk about the There was no singing? sophistication to his argument whatsoever. He clearly had just been bought into this concept and uh, had never challenged it himself. Never challenged it, never thought about it, never had anybody challenge him yes. about it. Yeah. And that's more interesting. Whenever you meet but people. he came to me that's the thing he didn't I, we didn't go to him and say prove us wrong he came to us he was so shocked to see a counter to his argument yes um, you know some actual, an actual look at the figures usually the even on the, of the, on the BBC News website just publishes their, oh, their press releases anything they offer them yes. just as, but they don't even they don't even say a press release no but it's part of the press release as, 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 as it's the news oh, yes furious it, it happens all the time and, yes and so I suppose to actually have somebody question yes, and right. be slightly sceptical what, what are you doing why are <laughs> you so sure he was I'm right remember, you, you, just, you, just, you, you just print what, what we, we give you <laughs> strange no, I, better, uh, I better take him out for lunch and uh, make him stop this yeah well again you're, you, you proved how corruptible you were that's true yes I did didn't I by then making him look like an idiot well to be fair he made himself look like that's an idiot that's true yes. and I got a very expensive lunch out of it as well did you so, so there good. was such a thing as a free lunch there was a free yes a pirated lunch a pirate, I pirated my dinner <laughs> alright a pirate dinner me <laughs> It was great. That wasn't a peculiar podcast. I think it's good that we've overrun bad. a bit because was we it? needed to have some better stuff on no. the con- on the end. Shall we? Shall we just edit out? No, no, with, no. With, with baby Judy, baby Judy, my mother phoning, and Victoria walking in, and Victoria's finally spoken on the podcast to her own disgust and horror. General chaos. Um, no, Rain. I think it was. I think it was good. Okay. I think, I think people will appreciate the honesty of our lives. Well, our lives are deeply honest. That's true. Deeply honest. Very exciting. Okay, people. Goodbye until next time. Oh, we forgot to do emails, so we'll have to do have a big have a big bumper load. Yes, actually, can you send us more emails, please? For goodness' sake, and you'll hear us say this, and you go, "Oh, someone else will do it." No, don't. They won't do it. I'm sure. Same as you. Something that you've disagreed with. Something that you've agreed with. Something that you want to ask about. And I do actually. I do apologise to the people over the last four weeks who have emailed us and feel a bit ignored. We are totally not ignoring you and delighted that that you have emailed. We'd like to have more than three to read out. Exactly. That that is the problem. So we can have a bumper email podcast podcast at rumdoings.com when I say at it's a little squiggly sign don't actually type at that would be silly or maybe they're trying to post it to rumdoings.com <laughs> you can post you can send a letter to podcast at rumdoings.com as well scan it in and email it to us yes um, good and yes yeah, so that's all good and then don't forget to leave comments on the on my blog and write iTunes oh reviews iTunes and... reviews apparently Apple are rejecting most of them are they I don't know why oh that's nice see maybe... if your iTunes review gets rejected as well maybe your people are saying potty mouth comments about us yes I can mouths, only imagine mouths full of pot what I have a tip for our, our listeners before uh-huh. they write an iTunes review have a, go to your local uh, hostelry mm-hmm. and have a cream tea yes and then write an iTunes review see if it calms you down a little I think it probably would that would probably be for the best indeed well thanks very much for coming around to my house Nick Thank you very much for joining me in your studio. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.